Hollow Mountain Publishing presents My Castle, Book Two of the Appalachian Storm series, written and performed by Diana Kilpack. Chapter 19 Mending Fences Katie leaned up against the railing, watching Cluxy and Zack learn how to fight in human form. She couldn't help smiling as Zack made a move to knock Cluxy down, only to have Cluxy complete a counter move. They were so completely equal in stature and strength, neither one could get the upper hand. She felt rather than saw Jackson come up behind her and stand next to her. Hello, sleepyhead. She felt Jackson's glance as she continued to watch the fighters. I guess I was dead to the world, huh? She laughed softly. You didn't even move the whole night. You could have woken me up. I tried. I finally decided you needed to sleep and just left you alone. Jackson didn't say anything as he watched the fighting in front of them. Those two pure hearts are getting pretty good. Yeah. Katie smiled. Don't you think it's funny how they still hang out with each other? Jackson frowned. What do you mean? Once they stopped trying to kill each other, they first hung around together because they were the only pure hearts around. Now there are pure hearts all over the place, and they are still inseparable. She looked towards Jackson. I don't get it. Jackson grinned. Why don't you ask them? I intend to. Katie looked down at the ground and kicked the railing with her foot. What are you thinking about right now? She quickly looked up, her face turning red. Nothing. Yes, you are. Tell me. She looked into his intense face. If you have to know, I'm thinking about kissing. Jackson groaned, leaning up against the railing, his arms resting on the top railing. You asked. Jackson shook his head for a moment. Okay, let me have it. Katie sat there for a moment, not saying anything. Go ahead. I'm mentally prepared, Jackson said, although the tone of his voice said otherwise. Katie sighed. I was comparing David's kiss to Tyler's, if you have to know. Jackson groaned again. I do not want to hear this. You're the one who insisted. Katie defended herself. Normally, I would have a big, long discussion with one of my BFFs about this. We would compare notes, and they give suggestions on what to do and not to do. She faltered for a couple of minutes. I don't seem to have any girlfriends. Jackson studied her for a long moment, not saying anything. His gaze returned to the fighters out in front of him. Candy still needs you as a friend, Katie. Katie's heart slammed into her throat. I don't know. Jackson stepped closer to her. She's pretty broken up about the two of you not being bonded. Katie kept her eyes on the fighters, not really seeing them, a lump forming in her throat. How do you know? I speak to her every day. For the first week after you broke the bonding, she did nothing but cry. Katie glanced quickly to Jackson's eyes and then away again. I know it's going to be hard for you. I believe if you see David and Candy together, 
You'll get used to them as a couple. Jackson's voice was quiet, his tone intense. It would be easier for you to deal with the fact and move on. Katie shook her head, not trusting her voice. The blacks are your family. You need them in your life. Katie looked down, losing her battle with her tears. Let me think about it, she said softly with her thoughts. Jackson nodded, stepping closer to her, shielding her from any onlookers. He stood there for a couple of minutes, allowing her to compose herself. Speaking of candy, when did her butler start working for your mom? Katie gave a soft laugh despite her tears. He offered his services so he could take care of Candy's plantation home. Jackson nodded in understanding. You do realize he's not British? Katie stared at him, her tears forgotten. No, Jackson chuckled. I heard his true accent only a couple of times. This morning, I believe I got it pegged as New Jersey. How did you get him to talk with his true accent? By doing something completely abhorrent. For example, this morning, he found me in your bed. Oh, no! Yep. You may not have been able to wake me up, but Reginald Cumberland, in his New Jersey accent, did. He told me to get my butt out of your bed and not come around again. Woke me from the dead. Katie, holding her hand over her mouth. You don't think he's going to tell my mom? I doubt it. Then, changing the subject. Don't you think it's odd his last name is Cumberland? It is spelled just like the Cumberland Gap. You think his name is made up? Jackson's eyes twinkled. Yes, I think his name and credentials are completely made up. He's a con man? No, his love for Candace is genuine. I think he wanted a job in the Franklin home, and a Yankee with a New Jersey accent would not do it. A snobby Briton would be just the ticket for Caroline Franklin. Despite herself, Katie giggled. What did you do before to break his reserve? Jackson's grin spread across his face. I was eight, the first time I heard the Yankee accent coming out of the British butler. What happened? Everything around Candace had a princess theme. Her clothes, her hair, her room... Jackson said, getting into his story. I couldn't stand it. I guess she was a little too tired of it, too. She asked me to change the color of her hair black so she could look like Pocahontas. Go on, she said eagerly. We looked all over the house for something that would change her hair black. He gave her a quizzical look. Have you ever noticed if you look at purple food coloring in the jar, it looks black? Oh, no! Katie immediately guessed what happened next. I globbed purple food coloring, but obviously there wasn't enough to cover her long strands of blonde hair. Immediately, I could see her hair started looking purple and not black. Jackson brushed his hands through his hair. Do you remember when you're a kid and you're playing with finger paints? If you mix all the colors together, they kind of turn into a black color. You didn't. I already had a purple glob, so I couldn't mix all the colors together and then put it on her head. He tried to explain. I put a red glob here. He pointed on top of his head. I put a blue glob over here. He pointed to the left side of his head. I put a green glob back here. 
and then I tried to mix it all up. That was about the time Reginald walked into the room. What happened? He let out a yell and started cussing up a storm. I was quite shocked, of course. I have never been talked like that before in my life, especially by a butler. Katie let out a laugh that had heads turning in her direction. Reginald grabbed the shampoo bottle and tried to wash it out. It lathered up pretty good, changing her hair into an ugly reddish-brown color. Jackson chuckled. I told him the shampoo was a good idea. I wish I thought of it. That is when he ordered me out of the room and called my butler to come and pick me up. Katie was laughing so hard tears were coming out of her eyes. Jackson laughed along with her, his eyes sparkling. How long have you known Candy? Katie couldn't help asking. Jackson instantly sobered, his face serious. Our parents knew each other long before either one of us were born. Katie knitted her brows in confusion. Jackson shrugged. Our parents, intending on us to marry the moment Candace was born. You're kidding. Jackson grimaced. The Franklin and Price dynasties united under one roof. I don't understand. Believe me, I didn't understand it either. Your parents were going to force you two to get married? Katie couldn't believe what she was hearing. No, they were going to force us together at every junction of our lives until we could see the wisdom of the union. I didn't like it one bit and chaffed against it. That was one of the reasons I pushed to go to Central High. When Candace followed me, I assumed she was determined to do her parents' bidding. In reality, she didn't like the idea either. She just wanted to be like everyone else and go to a regular high school. You both becoming were animals actually got the two of you to see eye to eye and became much closer than you would have any other way. I didn't see it that way before you mentioned it, but I guess you're right. Katie pulled into the black driveway, staring at the familiar house intently. The place looked deserted. Getting out of her Jeep, she walked up the steps. Before she knocked, she heard unmistakable roars from around back. Stepping off the porch, she followed the sound. A new path she hadn't seen before led into the woods. Following it, she came upon a meadow, obviously man-made. Several trees had been cut. Their stumps still evident, protruding level with the soft earth. A snow leopard was mock-fighting a large white tiger. Katie leaned up against a tree, watching the fight. She could see about 15 pure hearts watching intently on the other side of the clearing. She assumed they were the new batch of pure hearts. She watched the play fighting, a frown forming on her lips. David was still slow in his responses. It had been a couple of weeks since she had seen him fighting Jackson. Still, he had not reached a higher level of fighting. You're going to get him killed. The fighting immediately stopped as both large cats turned in her direction. What are you doing here? David's surprised thoughts shot through her mind. Katie ignored the question as she stepped out of the meadow. She faced the snow leopard. You're not doing him any favors. Candy didn't say anything, watching her intently. Katie faced David. Attack me. The white tiger stood, watching her closely. 
What's the matter? Afraid I'm going to make you look bad? Katie tried baiting him. You don't want to be seen as a leader who could get his butt kicked by me? Katie, don't. David's thoughts were soft and controlled. You are afraid, Katie pressed. What's the matter? The itty-bitty kitty can't come out and play. I'm not afraid of you. Then fight, Katie yelled at him. Fight me. I can't. You can only fight those who are willing to pull their punches, I see. Katie didn't know what else to do but keep baiting him. You want to stand there and be useless as the real fighting begins? She heard the soft warning growl deep in the white tiger's throat. Katie hid her smile beneath the theatrical sneer of contempt. She knew she was getting to him. You want us to surround our leader and protect him with our lives while he is unable to defend himself? She knew the moment he decided to attack. She could feel the electricity in the air as heat surged into his body. She waited for his attack, running towards him, jumping into the air. She flipped forward, changing into wolf form in midair, landing on top of him, pinning him to the ground. Quickly adjusting herself, she reached for his tender neck. You are dead, she said with her thoughts. Getting up, she trotted away and allowed David to get up. She turned to the snow leopard. Candy, I want you to show David the counter move to get out of the situation I just put him in. The snow leopard paused for a moment and charged. Katie did the same move, staying in wolf form, landing on top of the snow leopard. Instead of pinning her down and gaining the advantage, the leopard twisted out of the hold, digging her long nails into Katie's soft underbelly. She gave a soft yelp, quickly stepping away from the cat. Did you see the counter move? The white tiger nodded. Now do it again. She ended up staying all day at the Black's Meadow, teaching David how to fight. She made him do the move over and over until he had them down. And then... She moved into the counter move. Having a natural athletic ability, he caught on quickly. He never complained when she forced him to the ground. Quickly getting up, he was eager to learn more. Katie looked up, noticing the sun setting behind the mountain. She gave the white tiger and snow leopard a small nod before walking back towards her jeep. Reaching in the open window, she grabbed her knapsack. Keeping the car door open to shield herself, she transformed into human form and dressed quickly. She shut the car door. Walking around to the driver's side, she opened the door. David ran around the front of the house. Katie, wait, running up to the jeep. Stay for dinner, please. I'm not sure if I should. Candy came running around the house. Katie, please stay. Her voice breathless, her eyes pleading. Katie glanced towards David and then Candy. They both had the same eager expression on their faces. Shrugging, she closed the door of her jeep. What's for dinner? Katie followed David into the black home, unsure if she was doing the right thing. Soraya Black looked up from the stove, her smile spontaneous, as she quickly ran over, giving her a welcoming hug. The uneasy feeling she had was quickly replaced by the warm welcome she received. She offered to help. Knowing Mrs. Black would quickly put her to work, she kept her eyes averted from David and Candy. She didn't want to catch them doing anything a couple would do. 
David asked a few tentative questions about Cluxy, and Katie had them roaring with laughter. Stories of Zack and Cluxy and their insufferable appetite to kill each other. She explained about the betting and how Miss Smith finally put a stop to it all. She was eventually introduced to all the new pure hearts. She didn't bother learning their names. It was getting impossible to learn anyone individually anymore. She smiled at them all, welcoming them to the team. She gave David a quick glance as he exchanged a tender look with Candace. A lump formed in her throat, making it impossible to swallow. She averted her eyes, trying not to see the love flowing between them. She was thankful David had not reached out to touch Candy in her presence. Forcing the lump deep into her chest, she pasted a smile on her face and continued with the meal. When the meal was over, she quickly got up from the table, explaining she had to get Zach and Cluxy. David moved to get up. Candy jumped up, asking to walk out with her alone. David gave Candy a questioning look before sitting back down. Katie slowly followed Candy out the door, realizing just how much of a toll the visit had actually taken on her. She didn't know how much more she could take. Thank you for coming, Candy said quietly. It really meant a lot to all of us. Katie nodded, not trusting her voice. Candy looked at the Jeep. Jackson told me he bought you this. It's a really pretty color, isn't it? Katie nodded, still not saying anything. Candy's eyes filled with tears. Jackson told me, if you could forgive him for Sam's death, you would forgive me for taking David from you. Katie lowered her eyes, hiding the tears. I miss you, Candy. Candy threw herself at Katie. She cried so hard, Katie thought there must be something seriously wrong with her. I missed you too! Katie hugged her friend tightly, allowing the tears to flow freely. Eventually, Candy pulled away, daintily wiping away her tears. Katie opened the jeep door, finding an old shirt. She blew her nose. She handed the cruddy-looking thing to Candy. Candy giggled while she blew her nose. If my mother could see me using an old shirt for a Kleenex, she would have a conniption. Speaking of your mother, how is that front going? Candy shook her head, her expression sad. I've talked to my dad a couple of times. My mom refuses to speak to me. Katie nodded, not knowing what else to say. I'm sorry. I've been shown more love in this tiny house in the last two months than all 17 years in the mansion I grew up in. Reginald Cumberland seems determined to take care of you. Katie couldn't help adding. Candy smiled. Reginald would do anything for me. That's putting it mildly. Speaking of Reginald, Candy said quietly, I saw the necklace you said I could have. Katie could feel her face getting hot. It belongs to Anne's family, not mine. Still, it was very generous of you. Katie shrugged, wanting to change the subject. My mom told me I would never find a friend that didn't want me for my money. Candy stepped closer to Katie. She said... I needed to figure that out early and avoid any heartache down the road. Katie looked down at the ground and kicked a pebble. Don't put me in a halo yet. I seriously thought about keeping it. But you didn't, Candy pointed out. Reginald told me how you gave it to him and told him to get it out of your sight. Katie shrugged again. 
Thank you, Katie. Candy was crying again. I'm truly blessed to have you as my friend. Katie could tell she had been hanging around the blacks. Getting blessings from the Lord was one of their favorite topics. She glanced towards the black home and saw David. He was leaning against the side of the house, listening to their conversation. She caught his eye. He gave her a sad, tender smile. Katie quickly glanced back towards Candy to see if the smile was meant for her. Candy was looking down and had not realized David was there. The lump in her chest rose back up into her throat. She darted a quick look back at David, the smile still evident on his face. She cleared her throat in confusion. Well, I guess I'd better go. Promise me you'll come back. Candy pressed forward. She mumbled an adequate, okay, and opened the door to her jeep. Candy gave her one last hug before letting her crawl into the driver's seat. Before she pulled away, she saw David raise his hand in farewell. He turned around and walked out of sight. The knot slid into her throat, lodging itself there. She blinked a couple of times, fighting the tears. She could hardly see the road as she barreled towards the Seeker's compound. Katie, don't worry about Zack and Cluxy. I'll take them home. Jackson's thoughts were soft, his concern evident. Katie blindly turned around and headed for home. She was grateful she didn't see anyone as she raced to her bedroom. Curling up into a fetal position, she allowed the tears to break over her. Hi, this is Diana Kilpack. If you are enjoying this series and would like to help support it, I have created a pod fan and Patreon account where you can donate. The best thing you can do is tell your friends and family about this series and let them participate. Until next week, when our imaginations meet again, have a great day.